on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to cover in today's show. We're going to talk about BYU and Notre Dame. Could the series finally be completed? We'll talk about some comments from Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame athletic director in The Athletic yesterday here in the first segment, and what it may mean for BYU. We'll also catch up with two of BYU's new running backs, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa, the two graduate transfers. They spoke to the media last week at BYU Media Day. We'll play their comments for you, let you hear from them about their excitement level and what they expect to do in a BYU uniform in the second segment. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports in the final segment of today's show. Today's podcast brought to you by our good friends at Twillery.com. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit. Thanks again for joining us. We are available on all the major podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Himalaya Podcast app as well. So make sure to check out all of the Locked On Podcast Networks, including this one, the Locked On Cougars podcast there. All right, with that, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 27th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download the show on a Thursday. We've gone a full podcast all this week. I told you guys at the beginning of the month we'd do at least three a week of full podcasts. This week's been a lot of news with the AAC rumors, uh, a lot of audio I've collected over the previous week or so. So we're going full podcast all week long this week, and I don't think you guys are going to complain about that. And it's a blast to be with with you guys once again. All right, let's talk about some comments that came out yesterday in The Athletic. Jack Swarbrick uh, speaking to Pete Sampson of The Athletic about a variety of topics, and at the end, one included BYU. Uh, he asked, and Pete Sampson, of course, is the Notre Dame beat reporter for The Athletic, and he asked the question of Swarbrick saying, on scheduling for the from the Shamrock series going abroad potentially to China to giving BYU the return game agreed on a two-for-one contract, which boxes strike first as the ones to check. And this was Swarbrick's reply. There's no effort being made to going into China, anywhere in the Asia. The dynamics of that, doing that in a football context are very challenging, and I don't think we could just, and we just couldn't solve them. I think BYU can speak to that. Years and years ago, BYU and UNLV played a game in Japan. They've also played in Australia. And talk about logistics concerns, getting games to go there. So I understand Notre Dame is uh, not wanting to do that. Um, he also says that we absolutely will be playing BYU again and look forward to having more detail about that in the near future. Samson added that not necessarily at BYU because the current contract, BYU has played two games already at Notre Dame, which was originally a six-game series that BYU announced in conjunction with going independent. It was game was, the series was supposed to be played out through 2020, but then Notre Dame signed up their five-game scheduling agreement with the Atlantic, Co- the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's five games that they got snapped up, and BYU it was finally reduced the series to a two-for-one. BYU's already fulfilled their end of the bargain, playing the two games in South Bend. The hope is that they get that one game back in Provo. So the question was asked, not necessarily at BYU. Samson followed up saying there's a new NFL stadium not far from there. Of course, the new home for the Las Vegas Raiders, which is scheduled to open before the 2020 season. Jack Swarbrick replied with a inserted laughs. We look forward to having more detail about that in the near future. 
That means to me that Samson may be on to something that BYU has said, hey, I understand maybe Notre Dame doesn't want to come to Provo, but they're willing to take their massive fan base and go to Las Vegas, inhabit the Las Vegas Raiders stadium for a game and sell it out, get that 60,000 plus fans there. I'm sure thousands of BYU fans would also be in attendance at that game, but the good news is, is it appears that Swarbrick says there's details coming soon. That means this is being worked on in my mind. I don't have any sources inside BYU that I've talked to so far, and if I do, I'll make sure to report on that. I've talked to people and asked them, but nobody really has given me any details on if BYU has a deal imminent to get that final game played of this two-for-one series. But the good news is, at least from the Notre Dame perspective, they're intended, according to Jack Swarbrick, on playing this game. If it ultimately ends up that BYU does have to play that game in the Las Vegas Raiders stadium, are you upset as a BYU fan? I wouldn't be. I think it'd be a fantastic place to play if you're BYU. You get thousands of BYU fans in the Las Vegas Bowl in the new round of bowl agreements is actually going to take a big step up. And let's be real. As Patrick Kinahan, a guy I work for with the Zone Sports Network, he has said, BYU almost single-handedly saved the Las Vegas Bowl from its own demise. They went down there for, what, five years in a row, sold the place out, had massive crowds, and really reinvigorated that bowl game. So BYU and Las Vegas in particular, they have a lot to thank BYU for. And I would expect that going forward, you could see a number of BYU high-profile games being played at the new Raiders Stadium there in Las Vegas. I'm talking about if you want to get a series against like a USC, uh, you want to get a team out of the Southeastern Conference, etc. They may sign up and say, yeah, we'll play a home neutral or a home home neutral where one of those games is in Las Vegas. And if you're BYU, I count that as a home game because like I said, there are thousands of BYU fans already living in the Las Vegas area and they'll show up in droves. BYU fans here along the Wasatch Front in Utah and the Intermountain region can make a quick drive down to Las Vegas. It's not really that hard of a drive. You can stop in St. George if you want. It's a fantastic set up for BYU, I think, going forward. BYU and Arizona are scheduled to open the 2020 season actually with the first game ever played or competitive game, I guess I could say, in that new Las Vegas Raiders stadium ahead of the 2020 season uh, for the Raiders when they open up that stadium. BYU and Arizona are scheduled to open it up the first week of the 2020 season there in Las Vegas. I would expect that if BYU, in terms of their future scheduling, Probably annually, I would guess one game is being played in Las Vegas, or I believe if it's not in the plans right now, it should be in the plans for BYU. Go to Vegas. Like I said, BYU fans will show up en masse. Southern California BYU fans can make a quick drive up. It's an easy place to fly to in all reality. McCarran Airport's got deals with everybody around the country. The Las Vegas Tourism Authority has really made Las Vegas a destination city, and it's become cheaper and cheaper to get to, whether it's by car, flying, in there, etc. So I think it's positive news that BYU and Notre Dame are set to finish out this series, get that one game for BYU, even if it becomes a neutral game, they amend the contract where you play that game in Las Vegas. It's still a great setup for BYU. You're going to have thousands of your own fans showing up. Notre Dame, of course, travels with huge crowds. There's a reason why Notre Dame, every school in the country, if you get a home game with Notre Dame, you love it because you know that thousands of fans are going to show up. The last time Notre Dame played at BYU, I was sitting in the stands. I wasn't working the media at that point. And I was talking to a guy, a Notre Dame fan in front of me. He bought season tickets at BYU 
all to guarantee that he got tickets to that Notre Dame game. That shows you the devotion, the buy-in that Notre Dame fans have. I think there's a healthy respect between Notre Dame and BYU. Notre Dame's got a bigger national profile than the Cougars, but the Cougars have their own national profile. And I think both of these athletic departments have mutual admiration for for one another. And it's positive news if you're a BYU fan to see this series looking like it's going to be completed and hopefully they continue to play it going forward and maybe with some future deals. It's going to be tougher to get Notre Dame on the schedule. Like I said, with their ACC agreement, those five games are snapped up, so it makes it a lot tougher for them to get to get games on the books like they, like they unlike it used to be where BYU and Notre Dame could set something up because both of them had to fill out 12-team schedules. Other teams that are independent I'd like to see BYU sign up with is Army. Another team, I guess I should say. it. Army has been on the schedule before then the series was canceled shortly after it was scheduled army schedules very carefully and they've propped themselves up with some big records over the previous seasons but they're playing two fcs games a year come on army come play byu byu you can go back to west point it's a place i've always wanted to go is to go to michi stadium and see a game there with the cadets in mass there in the stands BYU and Army need to get a series on the schedule. Here's hoping it gets done. And if you have to use it, maybe Army says, hey, we'll go play in Las Vegas where we can get more Army personnel or uh, former Army uh, cadets, etc., to show up to these games, former graduates of West Point. It's not a bad deal. So all in all, BYU playing this game against Notre Dame, if it does become a neutral site or a home game in a way for BYU in Las Vegas, I think it would be a fantastic setup for the Cougars all in all. So let me know your your thoughts. Follow the show on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at LockedOnCougars. Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. Tweet back with your thoughts. If you'd like to weigh in via email, please email us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. I would also like to get a mailbag segment started again, once again, on the podcast. If you guys have questions about BYU that you would like answered in a podcast form, get your name on this podcast in this podcast get mentioned on air let me know i'd love to answer you guys' questions you can always hit me up my dms are always open on on uh, twitter you can always reach out via email at locked on byu at gmail.com love to hear from you guys and get your thoughts on this notre dame series future series you'd like to see with other programs in college football and also just byu playing in las vegas in general i think it's just a great setup all the way around for the cougars all right, a couple of things before we go to our first break here. we got to continue with our player countdown series. We are 63 days away, folks. It is coming quick. It's exciting. And today we're going to talk about Donovan Hanna, a tight end prospect out of Queen Creek, Arizona, and American Leadership Academy down there in the Valley. Uh, Donovan Hanna was a great player. American Leadership Academy, similar to one that's here in Utah, plays at the lower divisions of Arizona football. But Donovan Hanna was a great athlete for his high school a six foot four 230 pound athlete from queen creek arizona and he played for former byu quarterback max hall also max hall spent some time as a graduate assistant and student assistant at byu before embarking on a high school coaching career max kind of noticed this kid thought that he could become something and turned byu on to donovan Hanna. he has gone on a mission he's a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints he'll be returning in time for the upcoming byu season And I know that tight ends don't necessarily inhabit the numbers listed in the 60s, but we had an open spot and I wanted to talk about Donovan Hanna. He brings more athleticism to an already athletic t- 
tight end crew in my mind. I really feel like he could be a big help for the Cougars next season, and we'll see how it all shakes out for him. He's probably going to be a candidate for a redshirt year this coming season, returning from a mission, but if he does get into shape, similar to some of these other return missionaries, that new four-game uh, protocol where you can keep your redshirt year has just been an absolutely awesome addition to eligibility standards in college football. Let's guys get a taste of college football while they're getting their bodies ready, whether you're a true freshman at 18 years old, a guy coming off a mission who's 21, 22 years old, or even 20 years old, who's had two years off or you haven't played. It helps guys really get a taste for what they're getting into and get themselves prepared accordingly. So Donovan Hanna, number 63 in our Holy War player countdown right here on Locked on Cougars. We'll continue to count it down tomorrow. We're talking about Atunaisa Mahe, a big-time defensive lineman. We'll talk about him on tomorrow's podcast. Before we go to break here, I want to remind you guys that today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Twillery. Reminding you to go to twillery.com slash locked on and restock the shirts in your closet as easy as restocking the soda in your fridge easy affordable and guaranteed to fit or just fit you perfectly they're cool shirts they don't sweat they want to make sure that you're comfortable when you're doing whatever you're doing whether you have to wear a button-up a full suit you have to wear a dress shirt to work they've got you covered and for shirts as low as 55 dollars each as compared to their competitors who sell these shirts for a hundred dollars plus when you bundle them it's one of the best deals you can find so go to twillery.com slash locked on l-o-c C-K-E-D-O-N. Use that promo code locked on and get $25 off your initial order, guys. Free shipping and returns. If it doesn't fit, they'll make sure you're taken care of. This is not your standard sizing. It's not a small, medium, XL, large. You go by your color size and your sleeve size. You tell them what you need. They send it to you. If it doesn't fit, send it back and get a new one. They also have free brush nickel collar stays included with each shirt. So it's just a fantastic option, guys. I have enjoyed the shirts that Twillery has sent to me. So check them out. Twillery.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $25 off your initial order by going to Twillery.com slash locked on. are locked on Cougars and a reminder for you guys when you are driving around in your vehicle make sure to plug in your smart device and tell it play podcast locked on Cougars and we'll be right there with you for the ride keeping you up to date with all the latest news in BYU sports thanks again for joining us please continue to follow the show on the major social media platforms and also on the uh, podcast platforms you're catching this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Play the Himalaya podcast app give us a good rating and review if you don't mind as well those five-star reviews are very much worth their weight in podcast gold so thank you guys in advance for doing that all right talking with some BYU running backs now had a chance during BYU media day to catch up with Tyson Williams and also Emmanuel Asupo we'll start off with Williams here he begins his comments and I, I joined this a little bit late I was doing some other interviews during this time but I got into it a little bit late he starts by talking about AJ Stewart and what he likes about coach Stewart in terms of his overall coaching ability how he relates to his players and just he also talks about his excitement level in joining BYU football. Very old coach. You know, he's still kind of new and kind of young, so he kind of can relate to younger players and college athletes and stuff like that. So I think um, just the, the, the relationship, you know, that we, we built in such a short amount of time is what uh, 
what brought me here. Growing up, did you ever think in a million years you'd ever play for BYU? Did you even know oh. what BYU was? No, I've, I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it, but yeah, I didn't know where it was. And even like when I would tell people, like I'm going to BYU, people like, uh, like, where is it? You know, like, where is Utah? I'm like, you got to look on the map, you know what I'm saying? You got to figure it out. But, yeah, I never thought it, but like I said, you know, it, things happen in life, so I'm just glad to be here. Excited chance to go, I mean, Tennessee's not South Carolina, but, you know, be able to go to Tennessee, Florida, have yeah. those trips to be able to at least go back to that, that part of the country. Yeah, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel good going back to the East Coast for sure, but um, like I said, I'm looking forward to all the games right now and um, just want to be mentally and physically prepared for them. What can you do? What kind of impact can you have on this team? Um, I think just, like I said, being a, a you know, my last year, you know, being a senior, so I think the, the leadership aspect and just being that, you know, I played in um, a lot of big games, a lot of tough games, so um, I think just the leadership part and just the, the calmness effect, you know, you know, if we go out here and we prepare the right way, that, you know, we'll be fine. What was your first impression of Lopini and some of the other yeah, I like them all. I like them all, especially um, Peeney. I like, I like the way he's uh, very versatile. Kind of reminds me of myself, just kind of can do it all. There you go, Tyson Williams. And talking to, with members of the BYU staff, it sounds like they expect Williams to really be one of BYU's featured back, if not their featured back, their starter, their bell cow. They really feel like he's been underutilized in his career at both North Carolina and South Carolina. They're hopeful that in a BYU uniform in his lone season as a Cougar, he can really break out. You can tell he's excited to be a part of BYU. He traveled with the team to their uh, to Harlem last week for the actually earlier this week for the More to Life Foundation event they had at Sojourner Truth um, School there in Harlem. I think it's awesome he's embracing everything about BYU, and here's hoping that his talents can emerge this year in his lone season with BYU and he can accomplish his goals as a player. We also had a chance as the media to catch up with Emmanuel Asupa, a guy who we have had on this podcast. He's officially enrolled in BYU, and a guy who is very familiar with A.J. Stewart, having been coached by him at Rice. He sounds like he's also very excited to be a part of the BYU football program. So what's it like been for you to, to come in? Oh, it's been great. You know, it's been a smooth transition, you know, um, coming up here, um, starting to work out, you know, getting, making some good friends with, the, with my teammates and just grinding. So it's been good. How hard of a decision was it for you just to decide, okay, now I'm going to, you know, go try someplace else and finish out, you know, the way? Yeah, it was a hard decision for me because I put so many blood, sweat, and tears into Rice University and um, I made so many, you know, not only friendships, but, you know, brotherhood, um, you know, uh, relationships out there. So it was it was hard for me, but, you know, I felt like it was, you know, best for me and my family. So just had to do what I had to do. Do you think you'd be out here without Coach Stewart? Uh, yeah, I think I have a I had a shot to, you know, play at, you know, multiple different places. So, I mean, if they showed interest in me, then, you know, I would have came. But, um, you know, I, I came here because, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of things uh, good things happening in this program and it's obviously on the rise so I just want to be a part of it. Talking to, talking to Coach Grimes about you, he he said even though you're graduate transfer, mm-hmm. he sees you as a still developing guy and he's excited about mm-hmm. it. Uh, do you see yourself as that guy as a guy that's, that's still reaching his peak potential? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I have a lot of good football uh, still left in me. Um, there's still um, a lot to learn, uh, of course. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm always striving to be. So, yeah, I feel like uh, there, there's a lot of things I still could learn. So what type of running back are you, if you could just describe yourself to, 
So right off the bat, I've always been like a power back because I've always been a bigger back. Um, but I, I'm really trying to just be an all-around back, someone that could just you could just throw in there and uh, you could just trust with anything, you know, passing, blocking, running. So I'm just trying to be that guy. It was a bit of a drawn-out process to actually get admitted here. What's it feel like to finally move? Oh yeah, it feels great. It feels really great. It feels great to be here. It feels great to actually, you know, have the BYU on my chest and it, and it means something. So, it feels good. Kalani talks about when he talks about transfers. He talks about culture and fit and academics is a really big one. But you come from a school that's got a pretty good academic reputation as yeah. well. Was that something that stood out to you between BYU and Rice and and kind of the, the maybe some similarities and that sort of thing that structure that. Did, did that? Did you take notice of that? I guess. Yes, sir. So I definitely didn't do my uh, undergrad here, but you know, just hearing from the players, there's a lot of similarities between Rice University and BYU's undergrad. So, yeah, that, that stood out to me. You know, the the um, graduate school and be doing the MPA program. So, uh, education really stood out to me because I've always like pride myself in my education, and it's always been a, a big deal for me and my family. So that was that was a huge thing for my decision. Is it nice having a guy like Tyson here? You're not the only guy just new to the show. Oh yeah, for sure. Me and Tyson, you know, we're, we're buddies. We've been hanging out a lot, and it's great having him. You know, he's a funny guy, and he's also a good guy to just um, be around and just learn from and, and stuff like that. So I'm excited for this year. You're, you're a Texas guy. How's mm-hmm. the adjustment to the elevation going? Yeah, the um, it took me a couple of weeks to you know get adjusted to elevation. Maybe sometimes I'll be walking upstairs and I, I just ready out, randomly get out of breath, but. Um, I got used to it, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good by myself right now. Um, and, yeah, so the elevation was kind of tough, but I uh, got through it. Is that the biggest shock as far as just culture differences, the fact that it's a little different? Elevation is probably the biggest thing for me, <laughs> yeah. The guys introduced you to the RB stairs, I call them. The RB stairs? Yeah. No, sorry. The, the big giant stairs next uh, to avoid the facility. Avoid them. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> either, either, either ask somebody to introduce you or, okay. or just avoid them. Or don't. Yeah. No, I want to go conquer it. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to ask. How soon before you hike the Y, though? You said what? How soon before you hike the Y? So we're, we're definitely going to hop me and Tyson. We, we plan to hike the Y before we leave, so okay. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. There you go, Emmanuel Asupa. Awesome to hear from him in the RB stairs, man. Uh, he apparently doesn't know what they are, and if any of you guys have been to BYU, have gone up those stairs on a regular basis, they're steep. They have a, quite the pitch to them, and I'm not going to lie, I don't think anybody in the, even in the best shape gets to the top of those things without taking a moment and saying, whew, man, that took that took something out of me. They're also planning, it sounds like, Emmanuel Asupa and Tyson Williams on hiking the Y before they leave BYU. So it's cool to see two guys, two graduate transfers coming in that really are embracing everything BYU is about. Everything BYU is about, excuse me. And Emmanuel Asupa, he was also on that trip to Harlem, and both of them on social media were, looked like they were having a great time with their teammates, etc. And they could form quite the thunder and lightning combo in my mind. Like I said, some of the coaches really feel like Tyson Tyson Williams could be the feature back for BYU, the lead guy. And Emmanuel Asupa, in his own right, is an absolutely just, he's a hammer coming out of the backfield. He's built like a Mack truck. And here's hoping that both of them find the success at BYU that they're looking for. All right, we will step aside here, come back with the final segment on today's show, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news from this week right here on Locked On Cougars. Reminder for you guys, if you are an NBA fan, I am a big Utah Jazz fan. I work for the Utah Jazz. But if you guys want for the latest takes in NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed at Locked On NBA Net. 
It's an easy way to stay up on the latest news and opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency. Check it out. Locked on NBA net on Twitter. Fantastic way to stay up to date when it comes to the silly season in the NBA. One of the funnest times of the year in my mind, actually, when it comes to the NBA. So check that out, guys. Locked on NBA net. More in a moment. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast. All right, guys, thanks again for joining us on this Thursday edition of the show. We're catching up on everything going on in BYU sports. One thing I failed to know earlier this week, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Actually, it might have just come out yesterday, so maybe I didn't miss it. But a total of 18 BYU gymnasts were honored by the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference in June with academic all-MRGC accolades. In order to achieve this honor, student-athletes have to maintain a grade point average of 3.2 or higher during the 2018-19 season. Southern Utah earned 19 selections followed closely by BYU's 18 for the top uh, it's dog status in the MRGC. 63 total athletes were uh, acclaimed for their academic achievements in this. So let's run down the names real quick from BYU. Rachel Bain, Rebecca Bean, Abby Beeston, Abby Bowden, Helody Seren, Jody Danbury, Kelly Higginson, Cheyenne Hill, Shannon Hortman-Evans, Gabby Hubbard, Ashley Kernan, Melanie Lockhart, Lexi Mather, Hannah Miller, Abby Miner, Natasha Trejo-Marsh, Brittany Vitkauskas, and Angel Jong, all honored with all MRGC academic honors. Congratulations to all 18 members of the BYU gymnastics program who achieved that honor. Fantastic to see that. It's cool to see names like this. Like I've said before on the podcast, Guard Young is building a program that I think is going to contend nationally for some time here. BYU's traditionally been a team that makes the NCAA regionals, but then bows out. Guard Young is a guy who was one at the highest levels, both at the Olympics and also the collegiate level. He's coached at the highest level when it comes to collegiate gymnastics as well, and he has ambitions of making BYU a national power and if I don't know necessarily the academics are going to make that make or break that for him, but having athletes who are smart take care of stuff in the classroom that can't hurt you in any way when it comes to collegiate gymnastics. So congratulations to all, all 18 Lady Cougars who were honored with all MRGC academic honors this week by the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference. All right, there you go. That is today's podcast. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show. Please follow along on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. Give us that good rating and review, a five-star review if you don't mind. It really does help us out when it comes to getting the podcast more popular. We're well over 200 episodes into this endeavor. We're coming up on the year mark of it starting in August. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day, and I thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. We will catch you guys tomorrow. We're going to be talking with Damien Sordelette or scheduled to talk with Damian Sordelet. He covers the Liberty Flames, one of BYU's opponents, their Week 9 opponent this season. We'll catch up with him on tomorrow's podcast, find out what's going on with Hugh Freeze as he takes over the Liberty program. What are their ambitions as an independent? Do they want to get into a conference? We'll cover that all on tomorrow's podcast right here on Locked On Cougars. Until then, have a great day, and this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 27th, 2019.